Good evening. This is Morton Bashir. Tonight we sit down with singer R. Kelly as we attempt to get his response to the documentary that has shaken up the world. Good evening, Mr. Kelly. Thank you for agreeing to sit down with me. Now, I wanted to give you the chance to clear the air in light of the recent documentary that contained what most have described as scathing testimony from your alleged victims. I want to start off by asking you, how do you respond to those labeling you a pedophile? Um, okay, but, like, what goes through your mind when you see teenage girls? When you say teenage, how are we talking? These really are softball questions, Mr. Kelly. What goes through your mind when you see teenage girls? My mind's telling me no, but my body, my body's telling me yes. Wow. I can't believe you would admit to something so vile during a live interview. Why on earth would you do such a thing? Yeah, it's the Pied y'all. Ugh. Moving on, how do you even get in contact with these young girls? Now, many of the women testified to you making them call you various names, with one in particular mentioned throughout the program. How do you respond? She be Harold, please tell me we're getting this all on tape. Are we getting this all on tape? This is golden. Now, uh, Mr. Kelly, how would you address critics accusing you of operating a sex cult? Excuse me? After all of the disgusting things that I've heard, I can't imagine how you've maintained so many loyal yet clueless fans. How is that even possible? Now, usually I don't do this, but, uh, go ahead and break them off with a little previews of the remix. I can't take it anymore. Cut! Cut! Let's just turn this over to Sean Carter and Jesse McCoy of the Brothers-in-Law podcast. Thank you to our sponsor, Sony RCA Records, for making this possible. Good night, everyone. What's going on, everybody? We are back from uh, all the holidays and all the time away. We missed you guys. Uh, as always, this is your boy, Jesse McCoy, and I'm here with the world's foremost legal humorist, Sean Carter. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. Do, do, doing well. Um, you know, I'm just healing up from the kidney surgery. Uh, went to New York last week to see Hamilton. Uh, you know, you got to, you got, you got to give up a good kidney. I gave up a left one. I got two. And so, you know, I'll be all right without a left one. I'm, I'm right handed anyway. I go to my right. So I, mm-hmm. I think I'll be good. Um, but hopefully, you know, the, the scars will heal up and, uh, I can start, uh, rebuilding after the New York trip. But it was a lot of fun. Um, I was having a lot more fun than some of these people in the news. Uh, definitely having a lot more fun than R. Kelly. <laughs> well, I don't know. I can't guarantee that because R. <laughs> Kelly is having the time of his life. I don't know how. So, he, so for those who don't know, there was a small documentary series on Lifetime called Surviving R. Kelly. Not a big deal. It was only six hours. <laughs> <of laughs> R. Kelly has molested and abused uh, a huge percentage of the African-American female population. Uh, and how he has done this over the course of uh, just shy of 30 years. Um, you know that your molestation numbers have to be ridiculously high for you to get a six-hour special on all the little girls that you were trying to mess with. Now, um, now, now please tell me that it, and I don't know how this is any better, but please tell me that it wasn't just underage. Well, I know there was some of that, but that it was also, you know, young women that he was abducting and kidnapping. Let me let make it make it make it make it respectable somehow. Please tell me it wasn't just all underage girls. No, no, no. So they they did a really good job of kind of plotting out at the beginning all the underage girls, okay. and then moving to the women who were adults that he was just physically abusive towards. Got it. And I, I think uh, the, the beauty of this documentary 
is that, I mean, they dug deep. They had the survivors telling their own stories. And some of these things are just so incredible that you would just, you would never believe the stuff he was doing. So let's, let's start out with young R. Kelly, right? Or relatively young, I'll say 20, 27 year old R. Kelly. Yeah. See, exactly. It wasn't like he was, he was 17 and right starting this stuff. (laughs) Right. So they, they do this whole thing where they talk about his background. And in the first part, you'll actually end up feeling a little sorry for him because it turns out that him, and many of his siblings were molested when they right. were young and they were molested by their sister. So you're thinking, oh man, you know, I hate to hear that. But at some point you got to get help. Right. Well, at 27, R. Kelly, who is at this point a burgeoning star, uh, befriends an up and coming singer named Aaliyah. How does he befriend Aaliyah? Well, Aaliyah's father is a music executive and he was trying to show Aaliyah the business in the hopes of launching her career. R. Kelly, being the person that he was, decided that he was going to mentor Aaliyah. Okay. Right? Nothing wrong so far. Everything seems okay. The problem comes down to the testimony of the people who were part of R. Kelly's backup dance crew. So apparently Aaliyah went on tour with all of them to all these different cities, and they rode a tour bus. And one of the backup dancers claims that while they were in a period of laughing and joking and playing jokes on everybody, uh, the crew ran on the tour bus and opened the door and saw, surprise, surprise, uh, I think it was a 15-year-old Aaliyah having sexual relations with a 27-year-old R. Kelly. Um, Now, Aaliyah's family has done their best to say that this isn't true and that they were with her at all points in time. The problem is the family's explanation falls short because the documentary people have located a marriage license in which Aaliyah's age was forged to say that she was 18 when in actuality she was 16. The other issue here with the Aaliyah situation is that the number of people who were above the age of majority who knew about R. Kelly and this relationship with Aaliyah is astounding. Everybody knew it. And people were actually, you know, there's one guy I hate, and I'm going to say his full name, Demetrius Smith. I hate you. If you're listening to this program, no, Demetrius, get your ass on the podcast. You don't get to listen to us. All right, damn enabler. You don't get to listen to us. Demetrius Smith was the tour manager for R. Kelly, and this fool had some of the the most profound quotes on part one of the documentary that I've ever heard. His first quote was. Well, I had asked him directly if he was having sex with Aaliyah. He was like, nah, so I know he won't have sex with her. But then in this very same breath, he says, yeah, I was there when they got married. It's a very beautiful ceremony. And I mean, yeah, we lied about her age, but I mean, it was a beautiful ceremony. It's like, wow, wow, wow. So people aren't hiding this stuff. Um, You go through part one and it talks about Aaliyah, but on top of everything else, of course, there's some allegations of physical abuse towards Aaliyah. Her father finds out and apparently is pissed off. So her father takes Aaliyah away and you never hear what happened with the the uh, end of the relationship. You just hear that they did what they had to do to get the marriage. No. And Aaliyah never talked to R. Kelly again for the rest of her life. Okay. So R. Kelly goes on this whole, and keep in mind, he's still famous and he's still making hits. But he goes on this tirade where he's actually sending out his security, his backup dancers, his tour manager, all these people into local malls across the United States to go recruit young women age 14, 15 to come back to his hotel room where he would, first of all, compliment them, try to have sex with them, try to get them to want to stay with him, right? And all these women are talking about all these things, all these abuses that they suffered and how they thought it was one thing, but he changed it into something else. And you hear this story about a teenage, a a girl from Florida, teenage girl from Florida, who says she actually ended up getting pregnant uh, after R. Kelly started messing with her when she was 14. And she went to have an abortion and she was going through a bad time talking about suicidal thoughts, things of that nature. And R. Kelly at the time was working on a track with Michael Jackson. And he sent her, apparently, the words to this track. And do you know what this track is? What is it? It's called You Are Not Alone. 
You Are Not Alone was written by R. Kelly. And it was it was basically about her because she was going through all kinds of withdrawal and suicidal thoughts, or whatever, based on the abortion. And it's his sick, sadistic way of trying to comfort her through Michael Jackson music. You are not alone. I can never listen to this song ever, ever again. I, I, you know, uh, I can't believe, by the way, that two of them are together in, in a song. Yeah. Yeah, that, 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 that's that's disturbing. I mean, I know there's gonna be a bunch of people saying Michael didn't do nothing to nobody. I, 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 he didn't have a six-hour documentary. I'll give you that. All right, so I guess yes. it isn't as clean. We don't have a tape of him peeing on nobody yet. But uh, I do know that I, I'm 50 years old, and I ain't uh, ever had Webster on my lap. And Webster and I are pretty much the same age. Manuel Lewis and I, 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 I have not, I have not had a sleepover with Macaulay Culkin. All right, now no. I could have several times. He 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 wanted to sleep over, but I said no because I'm grown. Uh, so anyway, the point is, <laughs> <laughs> the point is simply that the, the two of them definitely are doing some. Uh, uh, what would be the word for it? Um, you know, extra inappropriate, stuff, right? Inappropriate uh, uh, stuff. Yeah. Now here's the thing I'm, I'm trying to get to. All right, and I you know because I, I can't do the six hours. I couldn't watch. I couldn't watch it. Here's what I'm trying to understand, though, is what about this was sort of the turning point for everybody? Because we knew about like half of this stuff. We've known about Aaliyah since, you know, the the, the 90s. We knew about the the P-tape, right? At least, you know, I, I I would tell you, I'm so proud to say I have never seen, all right, the P-tape. I took everybody's word for it. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, but, but I assume that was a out there. And so it's not like these are like brand new allegations that just, you know, this ain't, you know, Louis CK, right? And all of a sudden we found out, you know, he was, he was doing the Pee Wee Herman. You know, we, we've known mm-hmm. about this for like 20 years. What is it about this thing that just made everybody go, Oh, that's it. I- I'm done. Well, you know what it is? I think we knew about it, but we didn't know the graphic details. Okay behind it. So I think that R. Kelly had a place in Black society where his music was so good that he was practically untouchable. And we wanted to believe that the fact that he was found not guilty of child pornography, that maybe it is a conspiracy with the music industry and white executives to bring R. Kelly down. (laughs) but remember that interview when they asked me you attracted to to young girls and he was like uh, define young girls yeah we talking yeah I mean you're right you're right and and I think that is one of those things where people knew but you don't want to accept it because you want to believe that the guy who's making Ignition the remix to Ignition is is a nice guy like and, and this is my personal thing aside from the molestation and all things I hate him for now my second biggest issue with R. Kelly is I feel like he sold us on a lifestyle that was not true. Okay, right? okay, all so right. R-, R. Kelly sold me on a lifestyle where I felt like no matter how great I thought I was doing, <laughs> if I brought my girl to the club and R. Kelly happened to be there, he was I was just going to girl. Lose. Absolutely, I right? I had to chalk that up because she was going to love R. Kelly. She's leaving me for him. They're going to live happily ever after. Right, what I he, came he's a flirt. Right, right, right. Okay, I know the song. Okay. What, what I came to find out from the documentary is it is the complete opposite. R. Kelly will get. I, there was a girl who talked about R. Kelly won't let her look at another man. Like he would physically right. beat her for looking at another man. So he up here telling us not to handcuff our girl. And in the meantime, he had handcuffing everybody. Then he's not feeding them. He's keeping them in his house. He's abusing them. He's he's uh okay, okay. So he's doing some old silence of the lamb stuff, right? You know, it shall you put the lotion in the basket type stuff. All right, you're right, all right. Absolutely. Now, Absolutely. And so, so so and I guess it was the ultimate details. Because the thing that was amazing to me is is and I think a lot of people, I mean, you know, it's been like a kind of a gradual thing. A few years ago he had a Reddit uh thing that, you know, everyone clowned him and you know, and, and, and so you know, he's been sort of, you know, on that outside periphery, but this was sort of, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back. Now, what cracks me up, though, is I guess a couple things. One, we still got a few people holding out. Now, tell me, how do you hold out on this one? Like, what would you have to believe to believe that all of these women are lying? Well, the, 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 the managers is- are lying. Mm-hmm. 
the saddest thing to me is he had a birthday party the night after this six-part series, the last part of the documentary came out. And at that birthday party was a club full of beautiful black people jamming with R. Kelly, despite the fact that this six-hour documentary about him being a molester and an abuser just came out. It's like people don't want to care. They want to feign ignorance. Let me ask you this. Was it free Hennessy? <laughs> because black people, black people will, will, will let some stuff slide for for some for some free <laughs> Hennessy. Uh, you know that. You you, uh, <laughs> you, you, you you know that. And, and I have to admit, I'm kind of torn myself. Not on you know R. Kelly. Not ever buying music. Not downloading. Won't even go to YouTube to get clips for this. Right. Not doing it. Not getting a dime uh, R. Kelly. But two of my kids were conceived to bump and grind. All right. I, what am I going to do now? I'm going to take the kids back. Right? I mean, I got to, I, that's part of my history. All right. <laughs> it is cultural. It's cultural. And, and I'll tell you, it is very difficult to step aside and be part of the mute R. Kelly uh, movement when so much of your life is tied to the quality of R. Kelly's music. But right. the problem that I have is they went through in the documentary and kind of weaved a trail through the things that he said in his music that he was hiding in plain sight. Like he never made okay. it a big deal about, you know, like trying to hide that he was molesting or dealing with women that was significantly younger than him. He never made that a big deal. He he, he put it out there. He's like, I'm the Pied Piper of R&B. Oh, I know. That's the worst <laughs> part, right? That, that's the worst part. <laughs> I mean, all the songs, so now you read, this thing is, but now you start to see in the songs, and now you're like, ooh, the down low. He meant like right. low, like third grade. That's what he was talking about, low. You know, it's, it's like right. you're reading stuff in the stuff now. And, um, right. you know, I, so, so, you know, you and I, it's funny, and we, we, we did this on Facebook. You know, I had a poll, and I asked people, you know, I know we got to spend more money on them. We agree on that. But, you know, what about the stuff you already bought? Right? I, yeah. I, you know, if, if you got hypothetically 13 chapters of Trapped in a Closet on your iPhone that you didn't pay, you know, $2.99 a, a chapter for, um, do, do, do you, do you, do you not, um, watch the Trapped in a Closet anymore or, uh, the remix to Ignition? Do you throw out, by the way, uh, the Dave Chappelle episode? Uh, with 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 the remix on it. No, no, no. In, any spoofs of R. Kelly are fair game. What about, what about, what about Space Jam? And, and I, I believe I can fly. So this is this is my general rule for it. Okay. My general rule is this: if you bought the album, uh, let's say twenty years ago, right. like TP Two, or in my personal opinion, Chocolate Factory. Okay. Uh, if you bought if you bought the album, and he's already gotten your money. There's no point in doing anything because he's already got the money for it. Right. So like, it's like running your Nikes after you, right? Because no, he, got he, the thing. He's already got the money. But what I don't want people to do is I don't want you to go on streaming services. Yeah, there you go. Because you pay for stream. I don't want you to buy new albums. <laughs> so I'm sure. I'm sure he's gonna drop some heat in a couple weeks. No, you know <laughs> what? I really and the, and the thing about this. So, is, is, and this is where you know it's like people have been talking about his record label. It's like, look, you know what? Y'all saw the documentary too, all right? If you, right. you know, and we don't think it's Universal, whoever it is, all right, comes out with with our R. Kelly album, I think the whole label needs to get boycotted. Like you can't, cause, cause it's like, wait a minute. So, so, you know, you know what's up, what's going on here, right? And, and you still going, you got all that, you know, it's not like, you know, his record label doesn't have other artists. It's not the R. Kelly label, right? He could, you know, they could drop him and be all right. And somehow, you know, they're not going to. Now, one thing I, I gotta, t- I, I, I am impressed a little bit about is it seems like, you know, we've had some instances that, you know, this whole thing brought up the issue that, you know, seen to quote a thousand times online, right? That the most, was it disrespected, um, neglected, and, um, and, and, and abused woman, you know, on the planet is, is a black woman. And mm-hmm. I think we're starting to come out, you know, and understand that, you know, we, we think of, you know, abuse as being, you know, Elizabeth Smart. Um, little girl got, got stolen in, in Utah. That was horrible. Um, but but that's every Tuesday in the hood. Right. Um, we've had serial killers, in fact, in L.A. We had a guy who killed 22 women. They, they weren't even looking for him. Mm. 
because he was killing, you know, and one of the things R. Kelly did that probably kept him out of jail, I think, is that, you know, sadly, as it says, is that he had the quote unquote good sense to only molest black girls. Well, let them tape 20 years ago of R. Kelly peeing on, on, on a little white girl. And, and, and by the way, everybody would have been in jail. Absolutely. Like Kelly, the cameraman, the executives at Sony who made the camera, everybody was going right. to going, going, going get back, <laughs> right? But somehow, if you pee on a little black girl, we're going we gonna to pretend like it's trick photography. Right, right. And let, let me add to that, because I want to talk a little bit from a legal perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he was brought up on child pornography charges, not brought up on statutory rape charges or anything else. And the the crux of the issue was that the child at the time was 14, but he was able to continue the case for six years, six years. So by the time a trial actually happened, she was 20. Right. Right. And there's a big difference in looking at somebody who's 20 versus looking at somebody who's 14. On top of that, at the trial, she refused to acknowledge that that was her in the tape. Despite the fact that all of the survivors say up until present oh, yeah. day, January 15th, 2019, she still lives with him. She's still engaged in this lifestyle with him. Okay. All right. but, and, and, and by the way, you, I can understand even if she wasn't, why you don't want to be known for the 21st century as R. Kelly Pete on you, girl. Right. So right. I, I can tell you, if he pee on me, I'm not admitting it either. All right. We were going to, he going to have to get acquitted. Right. That's why I get that. All right. Um, and, 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 and so the thing about it, you know, is like, anyway, you know, so, so hopefully we, we, we kind of come to the conclusion and understanding here that, you know, we all need to do a little better and particularly as, as, as black men, um, and watching yeah. out for, for these, for these girls. Because remember, R. Kelly is surrounded by other black men. Right. Right, who, who <laughs> need to be watching out for these for these young girls? It don't have to be your daughter. Well, it's, it's funny because the girl who was in the P video, her dad is still R. Kelly's guitarist. He's still her guitarist. So, <laughs> so no, like, I, I don't hear. No, no, see, see, the, the, what, nigga, what, what, what? <laughs> yep. You know what? If you're a white person at home, you get to say nigga now for that. What the <laughs> hell? That, that that you can call it that to to his face. Don't well, don't do that because he will be. Yeah. But don't. But but the point is, is really how the hell? No, no, I don't believe that. I, I won't believe it. Hey, I, I I gotta see. I gotta watch it. Then. Well, tell me what hour it is because now I gotta watch the documentary too because I'm not gonna believe that some fool is still sitting there doing you know hitting the baseline for the guy. Yeah. You know, hey, think about it. We're not just talking about all right. You know. You know, the act of, of, of peeing on somebody, that's not, you know, attraction. That, that's that's yeah. not love. That's degradation, right? That's yeah. debasement. That's not, you know, technically, usually I'm supposed to be able to pee if you're that excited, right? You, you're not, you know, this isn't, this isn't sexual. You're, you're, you're being an asshole. I mean, there's just no, no other way about it. And one thing, like you said, if you, you have a sickness and you have a compulsion, you know, that's a, a problem. Still, we're not going to let it go, but it's a problem. But that's different than wanting to pee on somebody. That's a whole, you know, that, that, that's just, you know, like I said, you know, an act of debasement where, you know, uh, I, I don't understand how, 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 how a man could, could, could accept that. And so I'm wrong. So, 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 so anyway, the lesson to me, I think the lesson is not just R. Kelly, but all of these men. Remember you talking about the manager, right? That you talked about earlier, mm-hmm. the old manager, but this guy, the guitarist, you know, all the people, backup dancers, right? How much was he paying you? All right. For you to be out there in the mall, right? You know, procuring kids for him. Really? Right. And, and how much, you know, one of the things that they showed in hours one and two, were the settlement agreements that he was paying off for Aaliyah and all of the underage girls, these agreements were like $100. So, so like, no, they weren't. Yes, $100 settlement, uh, non-disclosure agreement. Yes, $100 of consideration. I, so, what, what kind of lawyer drafts up a $100 agreement? What, what, how do you even get somebody to do that? It's. I mean, that's that's a twenty-eight-year-old dealing with fourteen-year-olds. I get it. I, I get it. 
Oh man, yeah, no, exactly. And I'm, I'm mad, you know. Obviously, at R. Kelly, but you know, he's first and foremost. But you know, there's a bunch of men who, you know, who really have not been handling this. And I think, as you know, as, as, as brothers, we really have got to, you know, sort of redefine, you know, what man is, um, because, you know, sadly, R. Kelly's version of masculinity is the one to, you know, three weeks ago was the one that's supposed to be. You were supposed to be in the club. Right, right. popping bottles, right, which is you right. know your, your unlit cigar, right? right, stealing other people's women because you a flirt, right, right, um, and it's like you know what? No, no, no. A man version it should be a video now. Someone whooping R. Kelly's ass. That that's what a man does. Exactly, exactly. And and nobody has seen to do that yet. I think the the bravest person in the whole documentary series was Sparkle. And that's how I found out about the guitarist because Sparkle is the girl in the P videos uh, aunt. Okay, She introduced them not knowing that the girl was going to be running right. behind her back going to meet R. Kelly. So, you know, the whole thing about it, Sparkle testified against R. Kelly at trial, but the rest of the family refused to acknowledge that. So, you know, what can you do? What can you do? Um, no, no, no I, I get it. You know, and this is another thing where, you know, you see a lot of men here who, you know, some of them are like, hey, you know, I don't care about any women at all. Not my mother, not my sister. And then other men, like, yeah, it is my mother, my daughter, right? But you know what? You know, R. Kelly is, is paying for this big screen TV. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And so they will, you know, to, and, you know, and, and no better way to put, you know, pimp out, you know, their loved ones. Right for 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 some bullshit, uh, and even you know there wouldn't be any amount that would make sense, but certainly you know I you know brothers we, we got to do better than this. Um, and like I said, you know every man associated with that label with that you know is responsible. Absolutely, and that's why I think you know, the other thing that's interesting is you know is is is, is you know, sort of really starting to hold ourselves accountable, which is that you know it's not just you and your four. But no more. And we saw that, for instance, with that McDonald's video. And oh, yeah. it goes around where everybody's all excited at first because the sister, um, Yasmin James, is working at McDonald's. The um, some derelict um, white guy is standing across the counter from her. He's screaming at her that he's not getting a straw. By the way, when they show the video, there's a straw on his damn tray. Okay. Mm. But he's yelling at her about a straw. He reaches across and grabs a sister. Um, right. He grabbed the wrong one. All right? Uh, right. Because she whooped him like it was Tekken um, or, or, or um, Capcom and, and Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I thought she was going to say Sudoku and, you know, throw a fireball <laughs> out at one point at him. <laughs> she was whooping his ass. But everybody was all like, celebrating, like, yeah, she whooped his ass. And, that, you know, that was that was appropriate when he reached out and grabbed her. But the bottom line is that were three grown ass men and she didn't even look to the side that they were going to jump in. And I heard saw brothers online talking about, well, why would they jump in? You know, why why they going to, you know, get involved in something that don't involve them. I'm like, huh? Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. And I, and, it's weird that this is McDonald's because when we saw last the, the other time we did the podcast, we saw the group of sisters that was working out there mm-hmm. the Popeyes in, in North Philly. They weren't playing that. Like <laughs> they were gonna bring the whole back uh, back kitchen crew and everybody with the hot grease to get ready to you. That Hey, you know so, why? Because it was all sisters. Sisters have right. each other's back. And brothers, you know, I, I don't get, get get this. And, you know, we got to start teaching them, you know, the young men a little better, that it doesn't have to be your sister. You know, really, when you say sister, it means sister, any sister. And by the way, right. literally any woman, right? I literally had to sit down with my 24-year-old son and be like, look, let's reaffirm this and make sure we understand this. You know, you see a man put his hand on a woman, um, you got to intervene. And, you know, right. you can't whoop the man. You need to start talking fast. Whatever you need to do. <laughs> but you need to intervene. You can't just be like, ooh, well, you know what? It ain't my sister because it's somebody's yeah. sister. All right. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and we, I always thought that that was the rule. You know, I don't know when that stopped becoming the rule, but, you know, think about it. You know, even as we were kids, you never, ever, ever wanted to get in a fight with a girl. Okay, in school. I mean, as, as long as like, you know, five or six, when we were 10, even though girls were the same size, 
you weren't supposed to get in a fight with a girl because you were either going to get whooped by her or all her or all the men in her family after you whooped her. Right. right? And right. it was accepted and understood. All right. I have run from girls. Right. All right. Because it was understood that, you know, you weren't going to put your hand on anybody's sister, daughter, cousin, play cousin, TT. And, uh, and I don't know when we stopped teaching brothers this. I'm been kind of concerned about a lot of stuff. You know, white people aren't as scared of us as they, as they, as they used to be. Uh, I think a lot of that has to do with um, charges and, and the rapid nature of getting people embroiled in the criminal justice system. That yeah, impacts you know, their I, I, I'm blaming it on <laughs> Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Um, <laughs> and, and I ain't seen Will Smith or Carlton whoop nobody in the whole episode of the show. Cosby Boys, they ain't whoop nobody. And, and here's what mm. I mean by this, is that I'm, you know, 50, okay? Um <sighs> How many fights do you think? Uh, how many times do you think a white man has put his hands on me uh, in, in my entire life? And, and the answer is uh, none. All right, and it's not because I'm whooping everybody's butt. It's simply because it was an expectation when I was coming up that uh, you know you weren't supposed to touch your brother, and you know we had learned how to even if you couldn't fight to fake it. Yeah, but I think it's a difference because you're you're 50 from Compton versus somebody who's 50 from Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is true. There wasn't no white man to grab me, so I guess I guess you're right. Only one white man was going was, was going to be there. Fair enough. Alabama is a little different. I I guess I, I guess I do have to give brothers a, a little a little a little slack there. But I had always learned, you know, and literally I looked it up, you know, woof it, right? Where you just talk again. Right, you know, oh, oh, what, what, you gonna put your hand on me? Oh, no, no, you ain't gonna put your hand on me. My last man put his hand on me is dead. You go to the cemetery, <laughs> about 284, 284, look on the second plot, it's gonna be ready, it's gonna say on his casket, he touched my black hair. You don't touch me, my father don't touch me. You know, you gotta talk to him, right? Like, when did that stop becoming a thing? And, 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 and here's the thing, but the only black, the only people who are still scared of black people are the police. Mm. They're terrified. Interesting. But everybody well, I, else I is running you, around trying to trying to trying to whoop black people uh, in, in the streets. I'll tell you, the first time that I went to Baltimore, so it was a school trip, and I was with uh, four of my friends, and we weren't exactly the best students in the world. So we were walking <laughs> all over the harbor with no chaperone, and um, sure, soon enough, we heard some some lady screaming, and we looked, and behind one of those big industrial dumpsters. There was this big guy just like wailing on her. So, of course, you know, all of us, we from Durham, so we were like, oh, this ain't going to happen on our watch. Right, right. We went over there. You know, we, we, well, I guess I can't say what we did because that's <laughs> that's the limitation. May or may not have run. <laughs> and then when the situation was over, we thought, okay, well, let's get this lady to some authorities or something like that to help out. And the lady was upset with us. Right, because you her. Boy, right. And it was confusing. And I don't know if a lot of people have had similar situations and they just decided I'm not getting involved in anything domestic. I still do, uh, even though, you know, I'm more cognizant of it now because I've got my own family that I'd like to come home to. But (laughs) but, um, at the same time, I just can't I can't live in a world where there's a sister somewhere getting beat up or by a dude, and I just feel like I'm just walking past it. Like, I can't, I can't accept that. No, exactly. And um, here's the thing about this. I don't know about you, but, you know, and, you know, we, we both, you know, not, not uh, you know, how, how to say that, you know, we, 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 we're not scrawny brothers, right? Um, right. And, and so, you know, I don't have to fight anybody at six four two pounds, right? You, you know, just kind of, you know, throw a little bass in your voice. Right, <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna be running around fighting people at 50. All right, I throw, you know, I, I throw out a rotator cuff. Right? I can't, I can't, I can't heal from that. All right, but 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 I am going, you know, sort of step between two people. Right, I am going to, you know, sort of make sure she's okay. Right, and get her to safety. You know, you don't have to be out there, you know, throwing blows with people. And, and, and the idea, you know, that, you know, we're just going to sort of, you know, walk away from stuff like that um, because, you know, and I had a lot of people say, well, you know, if the brothers had jumped in, you know, could have gotten bad. And it's true. You know, it is true. But if somebody got to take a whooping um, between a man and a woman, then I guess it's got to be us. I mean, that, in my opinion, I feel like that's what we're here for. Um, you know, and then this is the other thing. Like, I, I did domestic violence advocacy work for victims' rights for a long time. 
And what I realized is there just aren't a lot of men in that space, period. So if the only definition of masculinity that people in that cycle see is someone being uh, violent or always constantly being negative, threatening them or harassing them, then that's going to impact society because that's what they're going to think men are. And that's what they're going to raise their daughters to think men are. So when you're dealing with somebody who you love and you care about and they're bringing all this baggage into the game and you don't understand why, it's like we all have a duty to contribute to this. Like we all have to redefine what the standard of masculinity should be and what's appropriate. And I think also, as far as abusers go, there were, I can count on one hand, the number of abusers that were legitimately scary to me, like NFL player type dude. Right, right. But for the most part, most of the people that's abusing folks uh, are the people that folks picked on in high school who never would have had anybody anyway. You probably stole that girl when you were a senior in high school. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and they mad and they're insecure. So they beating on somebody so that they don't have to feel like they're alone. Right. And you're right. The moment that there's a man involved is like, no, you're going to back up. They go back up because they don't, they don't have the power anymore. Um, so, you know, and, and also I believe, you know, part of my work when I was doing the advocacy stuff is empowering women. Uh, to understand what their rights are and to understand that, you know, gun ranges are a thing. So if <laughs> gun ranges are a thing, uh, if you need to protect yourself, you need to protect yourself. And, you know, I'm, you know, even though I'm not the biggest advocate for all that stuff, I still feel like, you know, sometimes there are situations where the police aren't going to be able to get there in time. Right. The court order is just a piece of paper. Uh, I can I can sound real good in court, but I'm going home at the end of the day. Right. So you need to be able to take care of yourself. And I felt like if I didn't empower uh, women in this situation to have that understanding, I was basically leading the lamb to the slaughter because as soon as dude got the court system closed up and the, knew the police were gone, he's coming back. Right. Now, 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 you know how I feel about, you know, guns and generally the you know, private possession of, of, of guns. You know, I, I, I'm not a fan. It's the only exception for me. Mm-hmm. It, 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 my, you know, Sean Carter utopia, only women, right, would have, you know, would, would have guns, you know, who, you know, who, who had filed, you know, lawful protection orders. Right. And, and they would be the people armed because yes, they, they absolutely, you know, too many women get killed in that situation. They have the right to defend themselves. Um, the rest of us are just, you know, shooting the kids and, you know, and, and you know, leaving guns around for, for the kids to shoot each other. Um, but you know, but, but certainly I, I agree in, in that context. I think you're doing, you know, good work there. Now, in addition to, um, that, what are the blackness that we have, uh, going on? Oh, by the way, last thing I want to say is a sister. At McDonald's. The reason she's working at McDonald's, her name is Yasmin uh, James. And there's a GoFundMe uh, set up. Yasmin, Y-A-S-M-I-N-E, James. Um, or maybe, why is it? Anyway, the point is you can, um, you know, donate. Uh, she's trying to, uh, uh, um, you know, get some money together. Um, she wants to be a nurse. Um, um, and, and so, you know, and the way she throw those hands, she gonna need to be a nurse because she, 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 gonna, she, 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 she open up some, some wounds. She might as well be able to stitch it back together. Um, and, uh, you know, so if you got a few couple of dollars, you know, I, and, and to me, I take it personally because, and by the way, you know, you know, Jesse and I are talking here, you know, but I, I think he would agree with me, you know, we've got some culpability too here. Right. But not necessarily our sons who didn't do it, et cetera. But on the other hand, obviously these young men didn't even know that they were supposed to, which means that no men taught them, which means we hadn't been, you know, on, on top of our game with other men and making sure that, you know, we're all handling this. This isn't the kind of thing where, you know, mostly men learn how to be, you think about boys learn how to be men from other men. And they see what we do and what we value and what we've been valuing is popping bottles. Right. And Crystal and, you know, and, and how many women you can get. And obviously, you know, we haven't been, you know, stressing as much of the point that, you know, we're protectors. Our job is to make sure that we take care of everybody. Right. You know, and, 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 and you know, and, and by the way, also extending the idea. And this is a thing that, you know, I don't know how you grew up, Jesse, you're like 10 years after me. But when I grew up at this time where, you know, you were um, your brother and sister's keeper. I remember getting in trouble for stuff that other people did. 
because it was mm-hmm. like, hey, you weren't supposed to let him do that when you were there, right? Yeah. And so we were all responsible, right, for everybody else. And there was that ethos that, you know what, you know, it's not just, oh, it, you know, my name is Bennett and I ain't in it. Right, right. Um, this, this, is what, this is what gets me. What gets me is I, I think that at the very heart of it, everybody knows that because you know good and well that ain't nobody putting hands on your little sister. Ain't nobody putting hands on your mom. People right. can't even talk about your mom. <laughs> you know good and well that the women who are within your zone of protection, you're going to protect. And that's even, you know, my mom would probably, you know, beat me for fighting, period. Right. But I can't stand by unless somebody disrespects her. It's, it's just not going to happen. Right, right. So I just don't understand why we limit it to the women in our household or the women that we care about and why it's not as expansive to cover any and all women because we know there's a gross inequality in strength between a woman fighting a man and a man fighting a woman. It's That's ridiculous. Well, um, I want you to talk about it because that's one thing that's important is this sister got in 10 blows or so. Right. And you realize that the white boy, by the way, is not a trained fighter. Is, is you know, is, is, couldn't fight at all. All right, he's Obviously. not. He's not dazed and staggered. He's not on the ground. Now, if a man mm-hmm. hit a woman ten times in the in the head in a row, um, that's a problem, right? That's how different right. the strength is. Even as well as she could fight and doing everything she could, she still did not damage him at all. He, right? He, right? And so that is how you know different the, the you know how, how much of a disparity in strength there is and so you know this is just obviously you know i'm not gonna sit here and tell grown men and women you can't hit women we, we we know that um but we have to you know make sure that we sort of teach each you know our our boys you know that that there's some you know we're responsible for one another absolutely absolutely and i'll just say kudos to to yasmin i mean who i don't know she's training with mayweather uh, whoever she Whatever she even went, they, they did their job. Well, no, but <laughs> believe it or not, she actually did have some 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 boxing training, and that's the thing that that really got me was basically at some point her mom was like, uh, "You ain't gonna be able to trust none of these brothers, so you need to go out there and get your protection." And, and that made me, man, I gotta tell you, you know, I, I, I you know, I'm a man, so you know, I only get to cry once a year, right? You pick your day of the year. <laughs> Right, so I, I I use mine early. I'm all up in January, but I have to admit I shed a tear because I was like, man, think about that. She, their mama taught her early. You ain't gonna be able to trust none of you. These men to protect you, and she was right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I was like, man, this is this, this is wrong. So anyway, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully we'll work, work on that. Now, what else happened? I guess last week, um, Clemson uh, Tigers. Um, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, but I'm sorry, but, but uh, <laughs> but uh, roll tide, uh, y'all were Calgon last week. Um, or, you know, you, you definitely, uh, that was, that was, that was, that was a butt whooping, but Alabama got the last laugh. We didn't get the last laugh. So, first of all, I, I just want to say shout out to all the people in North Carolina and South Carolina listening. Because Clemson's in South Carolina, I get a lot of the hate on Facebook. <laughs> you know, like, you're supposed to be with us. You're supposed right. to be with us. North Carolina, South Carolina, it's supposed to be a pack. We're supposed to be with you. No, that's not true. It never was true. We don't claim you guys. So, <laughs> to the extent that I, I'll side with Alabama before I side with anything for South Carolina. But that's neither here nor there. But <laughs> my, my point is that Clemson, congratulations, they, they did win the national championship. But what was hilarious is seeing the, the team dressed up in the best suits and outfits, going up, looking snazzy, going to Washington, D.C. to the White House to meet your president, Donald Trump, not mine, your president, Donald Trump. And when he opens the big doors into the dining hall, you see fine china, you see the great uh, utensils, the big candles. And then you see miles and miles and miles of <laughs> McDonald's burgers still in the packaging stacked up for your culinary enjoyment. It made my day. I, I was looking at it and I was watching and I thought a couple things. The first thought that I had is this is over $50,000 worth of McDonald's. <laughs> I'm, 
I'm sure Donald Trump went through the drive-thru for this. Like, <laughs> I'm sure he was mad at the drive-thru person for not having it bagged up in the two minutes. Oh, man, imagine getting that order in the drive-thru because I mean it was like they got like you know three hundred hamburgers or something you know McDonald's right and right. imagine I hope they weren't like and I want a twenty-two with no pickles but but onions and I <laughs> I hope they got them all regular I hope, I hope they had no special orders that'd be wrong all right, all right. And, and the other thing though that, that that you know I I have was I was kind of torn between this on the one hand I'm like that's disrespectful. I come to the White House, right? Put my clothes on. I should at least right. be able to have something that requires a knife or a fork. All right? Right. On the other hand, if you black and you go to Trump's White House, um, whatever you get is too good for your black ass. Absolutely. Because you shouldn't have <laughs> been there in the first place. All right? Absolutely. Now, these young brothers, and this is what I want to talk to you about, because it's interesting. I had a conversation about this, and a couple people you know, wanted to give the young brothers their, their due, because I was like, okay, Clemson going to show up, but it's only going to be the kicker, right, the quarterback, right, the, the special teams coach, uh, the guy in the mascot, you know, the, the, but it's not going to be any of the brothers, on, you know, on, in the, you know, the running backs and the defensive backs. And I look around there, and I'm like, damn, there's some black people up in, in, in there, right? Some people suggest that the coach probably made them go. Said, hey, you know what? We're going to go as a team, et cetera. And, you know, if you want to keep your scholarship, you got to go. Right. Now, I can believe that that would happen. But here's my point, though, right? All these – we got to teach young brothers that they – when it comes to college athletics, they have the power. I remember a couple of years ago in Missouri, they got the dean. The, the the football team got the dean thrown out of the school, or you know, got fired. Um, mm-hmm. the president of the university they came in and said, "Hey, president's not taking you know racial stuff responsible. If you want us to suit up, unless you want the punter right to be you know your running back next week, right. then you're gonna do this that." And the alumni were like, "Uh, the provost has got to go. Well, we don't give a damn. Right. All right, you know, we can get another provost, but we ain't gonna you know have we ain't gonna have we ain't gonna lose. All right, to you know to 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 Indiana." Because, you know, we got Mikowski running back kicks. Right. And, and the point is that all those brothers at Clemson should be, could be just like, look, you know what? Well, fine, you know, coach, you get me make seven and a half million dollars a year. If you want to throw us off the team, you can. Um, but they ain't going to pay you seven and a half million dollars a year to come in 12 in the conference. Right, right. All right. And and brothers have to understand that, you know, together they have power. Now, any individual brother, he can throw off the team. He can find another one of those. And also brothers coming in the situations. You look at the basketball teams. None of the college basketball teams are going to the White House. And the reason is very simple. Mike Krzyzewski isn't going to make his team go to the White House because he needs to recruit 12 new brothers next year. Right. And those brothers are going to say, hell, I ain't going to go, you know, and, and be, and be, just, you know, uh, trotted out, right, to, you know, to, to the plantation. And so as a result, you got Mike Krzyzewski sounding like, sounding like, um, with the Chuck D in Public Enemy. I heard him say Elvis was a straight up racist. All right. You know, my, all the basketball coaches understand, you know, you've heard Popovich. Popovich sound like sound like a Killer Mike, right? Or Cornell West. I thought Popovich gonna get Afro like Cornell West. He he is he is down for the cause, not because you know I'm sure he's a white man, but more importantly, he understands where 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 his bread is buttered. He needs twelve brothers out there running for him every day. You can't you you need to be you know build some loyalty there, and and I think you know young brothers even at you know that age need to understand that they got power together. And they, you know, band together, um, you know, they don't have to go to the White House. Matter of fact, they can tell the white boys, you ain't going to the White House. (laughs) Unless you want Bukowski running back kicks next week. Right. You're right. Absolutely, man. Well, you know, it's just amazing to me that anytime a large number of black people meet with Trump, they always end up coming away looking embarrassed. There's <laughs> a proud photo out. It's almost like he's strategically doing this. <laughs> oh, you think, so? you think his, his, his rabid racist base wasn't just laughing? Like, oh, yeah, they came to the White House, all right. They got exactly I'm surprised he didn't make them, you know, uh, drink out of water fountains, real short ones, and, and, and get, they, get, they get their, uh, their, their burgers out the back window. Mm, 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 mm. 
And then he, he segued it into a conversation about border security. <laughs> so, so not sure what, what McDonald's has to do with border security. Well, now, but here's uh, what Trump did, though, that made me so mad. And this is my fault. But, but this morning he tweeted out how, you know, he bought a thousand burgers with his own money. And, and that, you know, they ate up all the burgers. Now, this is why I should have let it go. Because I know everything Trump said is a lie. But I started doing no. that. I'm like, wait a minute, a thousand burgers? If that's a hundred players, what, ten burgers a player? And remember, mm-hmm. all the brothers, all the people aren't 300 pound linemen, right? So, so who right. eat eight burgers for the kicker? Like, this is ridiculous, right? And I'm starting doing yeah. the math. And now I'm, I'm now, I'm looking at almanacs. I'm, I'm trying to figure out the average density of a burger versus the poundage per person plus the cleat level and how far you got to walk, how many wrappers you can get. You know, just, I mean, I'm doing all the math. And here's the crazy part is the Washington Post had a full two page article today trying to put mm. out the math, what it cost, the fact that it wasn't a thousand burgers with 300, et cetera. And I was like, that's what American journalism is now. <laughs> Trump lies so much that we now have to have the fourth estate, the one that the founders said, I want special protections because we can't even trust the president to count the damn burgers right. <laughs> the burger count is off, right? And, and, and I'm like, you know what? This is the thing that makes me so mad about, about Trump and people who voted for him because this is the kind of stuff that's stupid. Right. It doesn't matter, you know, how many burgers it is, but I knew he was going to just make up some stuff. Right. Because all the time. Right. And it's Absolutely. like, come on, man, can we at least get one thing right? Because I, you can't have a democracy where you can't trust anything the government says. Now we know the government's going to lie about, you know, sneaking drugs into the inner city and giving black people syphilis. We get that. Right, right. <laughs> they're gonna do that, but at least be able to count the burgers. I mean, he, he lying to white people now. This is ridiculous. And he probably used coupons too. <laughs> <laughs> now, no. now, now, you, know, like, you know, I would have liked to have seen. By the way, someone had the greatest line. He says, "You know what? He bought you know a thousand dollars worth of burgers, and it cost seventeen million dollars to send the Secret Service out to get them." Right, right. right? <laughs> Because the Secret Service ain't running out one and two at a time, right? And they certainly weren't going, you know, let Domino's come to the White House. Right. Right? So they got to go out there, get an armored truck, right, to get all this damn McDonald's. Well, you know, Donald Trump is amazing to me. The levels of stupid he goes through. I saw a comment on social media today that said, Donald Trump is the N-word president that people were afraid to, that they were going to I have to, I, I think we have an episode on here where I explain to you, and I and I had a thing before the election that's called Trump So Easy. And ways in which he is just like Lil Wayne, baby mamas, right? Gold everywhere. This is the you know the Lil Wayne of presidents. And you're absolutely right. Every scary, you know, um, you know, quote unquote ghetto thing that white people feared Obama was going to do, Trump has done them all. <laughs> all Trump need to do now is have a cookout in the front yard of, 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 of the White House and have dominoes set up, right? And and, and, and somebody get drunk and smash and, and pour liquor out on a forty. For their home, pour it out for Cohen. That's all they need, and, and, and it is it, it's it's goddamn boys and you know Trump in the hood. <laughs> oh, you need the presidential pit bull too. <laughs> <laughs> now this is actually we're gonna break a little protocol here. We normally you know we keep it black around here, but when you get a hundred and thirty three billion dollar net worth, uh, that transcends race, and we're talking about Absolutely. Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos. So for those of you who haven't heard, Jeff Bezos is on the brink of a divorce from his wife, Mackenzie, aptly named, um, only because Jeff Bezos decided that he was going to have an extramarital affair, but not just any extramarital affair. So if you had $149 billion, who would you pick? Would you pick Beyonce? Would you pick Holly Berry? No, he picks his best friend's wife. (laughs) Lauren Sanchez from Extra and some other stuff that she did. No, no movies, just some minor stuff she did. 
And this was his 70 some billion dollar decision. Wait, that's uh, so now. <laughs> That's think about it. We're not just talking about divorce, all right? You know, we we're not talking about you know my situation where we gotta try to see see who get the Xbox, all right? We're talking about right seventy nine. We're talking about you know, sixty. I think it was sixty five billion dollars. She'll be the single richest woman in the world probably as a result of this marriage. Now, like you said, you know, you would think for sixty five billion dollars if you were shopping. Right, uh, with sixty-five yeah. billion dollar credit card, uh, you be in the Beyonce aisle, right? right. <laughs> Halle Berry, you know, <laughs> whoever's fine and white these days, right? right. You know, be in the, the 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 good aisle, and this fool is over here. And, and by the way, you know, you, you know, the woman he has, you know, these women are perfectly attractive, wonderful women, I'm, I'm sure. But uh, I, I'm gonna say it. I've been there, met the woman. Uh, but but Lawrence Sanchez is not worth six six billion dollars. I'm gonna say it. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm just gonna say it and get mad at me. Send me, you know, that I'm that I'm Sanchez shaming. I'm gonna tell you now, though, you ain't worth <laughs> six billion dollars, woman. All right, I'm just gonna say it. That's all. That's true. All right. Uh, I'm laughing because it's factual. <laughs> 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 you know, and I'm just like, man, you know, I, you know, men do this kind of you know silly thing all the time. You get, you know, you decide you're gonna upgrade, whatever. Hey, I'm not getting any business, you know, marriage, whatever. Um, but you know, at some point, you really gotta, you know, think about this and be like, you know, maybe <laughs> we could have got, I don't know, fifty-five billion dollars worth of counseling. Right. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. We could have got at least fifty-five thousand with a cat. We could have done something better than this. Um, so they're gonna. He, he's you know. he, he's gonna be messed up too because I'm just telling you. Like, I'm putting this out there, Jeff Bezos. I'm sure you're listening because Alexa's all over the place. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you right now. I've been in black barbershops across America. Brothers is getting edge ups, lineups, and looking their best. Just in case they cross paths with McKenzie. So, they just said, everybody, Todd Gurley, the running back for the Los Angeles Rams, said, Oh, yeah, I think I'm going to try to holler at McKenzie. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. You know what happens once, once she goes black, you know? <laughs> you, you know, here's the thing is, I'm going to say it now because uh, I'm going to ask my wife. I, I think my wife would let me uh, take a run at it uh, for six six billion dollars. <laughs> I think my wife's going to let me. Billion. Billion. Yeah. If I, I give her thirty three billion, I, I, I think she would pack my bag. I really do. I think I think she would. <laughs> um, yeah. and, 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 and so, Mackenzie, if you out there, uh, holler at your boy. Uh, <laughs> out. I'm I like it. Long day. walks on the beach. Swimming in sixty million, sixty billion dollars, <laughs> and mimosas. <laughs> but, but see, that's the thing that cracks me up, though, right? Is that I imagine that she, 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 she probably gonna be be alone for a while because she gonna have good sense to know that uh, people are not gonna be just in it for 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 the McKenzie. But Bezos right. out there thinking everybody want his bald head. All right, I'm sure he's thinking he's balling, and that, that, that the money don't have nothing to do with it. But but let Amazon stock go down like 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 Sears did. <laughs> Shit, Bezos Bezos will be back on you know on on uh, on Instagram or uh, you know eHarmony. Yeah, I just hope he manages his money well because you don't want to be in a position where you got to ask your wife, your ex wife, for a loan. And she the richest person in the world. <laughs> and she got extra money. That's going to be difficult. You know, that's the crazy part, though, is, and we'll see, because Bezos might have one thing going for him here, is that McKenzie uh, is not Taquana. Um, because a sister with $66 billion might make your life a little difficult. Right. <laughs> <laughs> she might do some stuff, you know, just like, you know, you know, buy up, you know, uh, you know, the name of the by the Amazon River and then sue you for right, the name right. Amazon, right? Just, you know, just, just do some crazy stuff, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she makes breakup tracks with Rihanna. You know what I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, and you definitely there's going to be a story on you in, in Ebony. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, man. Yep. Bezos, boy. You're messing up, man. And I mean, it's, it's, I know you're saying 
you know, you're poor. So, <laughs> so what do I care about what do you have to say? And you would be right. But the issue is I need somebody to laugh at so that I can feel better about myself. And I feel like this is a situation where uh, I think Lauren Sanchez is going to leave you hurting alone. That's a- <laughs> now, how are you going to say that that's not true love? Come on. See, that's the problem is the world's too cynical. Jesse. The world too cynical. Women look at a bald headed man all the time in the sixties and late fifties and think, you know, I want a white bald head. I want Daddy Warbucks. All the women right. want Daddy Warbucks. You know that. You, you saw Annie. Mm-hmm. I saw Annie. Right? That's that's okay. the look. <laughs> white bald headed man. Every woman wants that. Ooh, that that's that's a panty dropper. All right. Maybe, but her husband was already rich. So <laughs> no, so but I'm she. Wondering. I have to give it to her. She stair stepped that right on up. She started out with a football player, and then he his career was over. She right. upgraded. All right, got a got an agent. He's still getting paid on the contracts. Wherever she, she you know had some agent, and now she just right. jumped up to the dude who you know who, who buys the teams, right? right? Um. So so she 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 definitely um you know is not screw is she screwing up. As as the term would go, um, <laughs> literally. Amazon Prime, she's Amazon Prime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she Amazon Platinum now. I gotta give it to her. Um, by the way, speaking of which, um, Bezos, um, I, I'm sorry for all the stuff Jesse said uh, because <laughs> I still have a Prime membership. I like to keep it because uh, if I lose my Prime <laughs> membership, I'm definitely losing my wife. I'll tell you that now. She, she would definitely leave me uh, if, if Bezos take away the, the, the... So so Jesse said all that stuff. I didn't mean it, Jeff. You, you good with me. That, that, woman, that, that woman's worth $77 billion, Jeff. You 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 enjoy your woman. All right? Jesse crazy. You take away his prime account. And Jeff, I would take it all back for sponsorships. Uh, the <laughs> looking for sponsors. So if Amazon wants to, I don't know, chip in. Uh, what's $3 million to a boss like you? So that's <laughs> So chip in, you know, uh, help explain our platform, and and uh, we'd love to have you on board. Uh, oh, you please, I call ourselves. <laughs> all right, I'll I'll be Emma, and and Jesse will be Zon. All right, we will rename ourselves Amazon. All right, you can we you you can you you matter of fact, you can put a logo right on my forehead. Absolutely, absolutely, we're available for your shopping cart. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Hey, it was a good time as always. Um, we need to, to, to wrap up here. Um, let's see. Do we have any shout out, any prayer requests? No? Good. Um, well, I'm told that R. Kelly was having some uh, panic attack issues. So I'm praying that the angel of justice comes a lot <laughs> faster. <laughs> Can we expedite the, the palpitations a little? You know, you know, the funny thing is, in a, in, a, in a real world, he should be having panic attack issues, right? <laughs> if, if 20 million black men just found out that you are a monster, uh, you should be you should be very scared. You, you, should, you, you should definitely, um, and I tell you, he should definitely not be eating the drive-thru. Don't eat the drive-thru, R. Kelly. All right? You need to watch your food being prepared. Oh, man. It's not even going to matter at this point. But I'm sure he's going to drop a hot track in a couple weeks and people will be dancing again. And, you know, I don't know. It's just this way it always works with Teflon R. So, um, you know, to all the survivors who were brave enough to do the documentary, uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to you. We hope that you continue to improve and get the help that you need to help ultimately get this justice system to do what it's supposed to do and put R. Kelly behind bars where he's supposed to be. For all of you listening, make sure that you uh, follow us on Facebook, the Brothers in Law Podcast. Um, we put a lot of good content up, and we, uh, we we always put links to the actual podcast as they become available. So follow us. Join the family. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Send us some reviews on iTunes, Brothers in Law on iTunes. And, uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing you in the new year and seeing what this can become. Absolutely. One more thing. Very, very important. All right. Jesse and I both sort of, I love the term, outkick the coverage in marriage, married women that are way, way better looking and, and smarter than us, um, but certainly better looking. And they look a little younger Absolutely. these days. But this is not R. Absolutely. Kelly. All 
right, we got them off the factory floor. My wife, <laughs> as soon as I posted a picture of my wife this weekend, and now everybody's talking about, ooh, surviving Sean Carter. I'm like, look, please, all right? <laughs> that woman is four months younger than me, all right? She just, you know, got good genes and Clairol. All right, but don't act like all right. That so so don't. You know, there's a lot of black women out there looking like they're twenty. All right, before you start whooping people's butt, make sure you get an ID first. All right, just just take that. Absolutely, absolutely. And and my wife is definitely uh, of age. She's a little bit. Well, I won't say that she's older than me, but she's more mature than I am. <laughs> <laughs> that, that goes for your son too. That don't count. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next next time.